Hello and welcome to the Business of Authority. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And today we're going to talk about eliminating friction. Yes! I cannot <laughs> wait to talk about this with you, Jonathan. You have no idea. Uh, yeah, we've had this idea for a couple of weeks now. And, uh, well, why don't, you, why don't you tee it up? Well, if you've listened to this podcast for long enough, you know that Jonathan and I are alike in a lot of ways, but we're different in some too. And one of them has been how thoroughly I've used a virtual assistant, a VA, and how Jonathan has used one one time to great effect, but generally does not, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, what happened is in uh, the beginning of August, my uh, VA changed her business model. So after nine trust me, terrific years together, <laughs> right? We're no longer working together. And when she announced this was when I was head down working nonstop on my book. So she found me a temporary solution for August. I elected for it to be temporary. Um, but it was, yeah, it was really eye-opening. And so first you have to know that we have documented procedures for everything that she did for me. So it's not like I had to make, you know, some urgent decision. I, I, I knew how to do everything that needed to be done. Okay. I just would choose not to do it. And so uh, I, I, I think I want to stop there for a breather and get Jonathan's reaction to this. But what happened was that my mindset instantly shifted and I became like you, Jonathan. <laughs> it was like all of a sudden, as I'm looking at all these different procedures, and I was feeling the friction. I was right. feeling how many steps for everything that there that there were, and was this even necessary? Do I need all these? Yeah. Yeah. And so instead of doing the knee jerk, which I did in August, which is, yes, let me take this solution because it allows me to just keep doing what I'm doing. The replacement. Yeah. The replacement yes. VA. Yes. I just decided, all right, no, that's not working. I need to step back and look at everything, mm -hmm. literally everything from top to bottom that I hire someone else to do. And it's right. been mind-blowing <laughs> <laughs> I when you texted me this I was like oh watch out it's a slippery slope <laughs> you start cutting things like crazy I know I'm a little worried about that but uh, at the moment I'm in I'm in the exciting part of it so it's okay yes. yes so to fill in my side of those the things that you just mentioned so yes I did after after much discussion um, hire a VA in 2019 for a very specific reason. And that was to experiment with a YouTube channel. And I wanted it. I, I never was really, I've never done anything in my business to make myself more discoverable in search. I don't really care about search. Uh, I, I want, I care about word of mouth. So if people aren't searching for my name, I'm doing something wrong. Uh, but I was like, well, I went on uh, Chris Doe's live stream and reached loads of people. And it really is a different kind of person who wants to watch videos. And I know that. So I was like, well, let me let me just try this YouTube thing. Uh, it, it would be, it's a, it's a place where people search for the kinds of things that I talk about. So it, it could be a search move, you know, so like mm -hmm. to, for, for a new group of people to uh, stumble into my universe. And, and geez, like, like Chris is using it to really good effect. So, you know, I'll give it a try. And I, but I didn't, uh, I can't remember. I, I probably didn't start out with a VA immediately. I probably did a few. Oh, I remember what it was. I had done the first. And I also, another thing that happened, I had done the first session of uh, the pricing seminar where I had to record like 50 or 60 videos. And I'm not I, at the time when I started that I was not a fan of doing videos at all. It takes a long time to process them. Editing them is mm -hmm. really hard for me. It was a big learning curve. Didn't there were lots of things I didn't like about it. It's just the upload times like come on. So <laughs> renders. Yeah. I bought a new computer so it would be faster, all this stuff, big investment. And so I had done all of that. And then the other two things that I mentioned kind of happened. And, and I was like, all right, I'm going to try this, but I don't want to do all of the, 
but I know I won't do it because there are too many little things to do. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. hashtag ask Jonathan on, on Twitter, or LinkedIn or YouTube, and then we'll find it and put it in a air table and then go through and answer the questions and do this, you know, this YouTube channel. So I, I, I found a VA that uh, was absolutely great at it. Shout out to Haley. Mm-hmm. And and it was it was fine. You know, it was like like that whole experience was really good. And I remember even saying to you, I might have even said on the show how delightful it would be to not have to worry about all of those little details. So like there were all these little details that I was like, I felt like needed to be part of a YouTube channel and and I didn't want to do them. And so, you know, got someone who was good at it and did a great job doing it. Uh, OK, so then then. I got sort wait, of got wait, the reason. Wait, wait, wait. Let me just point out something that you said, though. Mm. Um, you found someone who was good at it, but you also could trust that it would get done. Yes. Right? You're not doing like tons of follow up to make sure that it's there. Very I mean, you weren't point. spending, you know, headspace on that. Correct. Um, she, she was extremely, you know, it's same thing. We were both spoiled. Like, I mean, you were even more spoiled because yeah, I don't know really if we want spoiled. to say your name, but, <laughs> but, you know, your longtime VA was just could have had ESP, like, and and you could just trust her to eat, catch stuff that you missed. Mm-hmm. You know yep. that's and that's kind of what you want. And it was the same with me. It was like I I never had to worry about it. There was like it was for sure going to get done. Like she was just super trustworthy. And I had experimented with VAs years and years previous and had really bad experiences uh, of the kind that you more recently had, where you're like wondering if stuff is getting done. When stuff does get done, it's not the way you wanted it and you just it creates it creates like more stress not more work necessarily but more stress and you're just wondering and you're like i could have done this in five minutes why not just do it but uh so so i did have a i did have a period where i had a really good experience of working with a va that was the 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 point i wanted to make but then i was like i'm not going to do this youtube thing anymore i'm going to take a break from this at the end of 2019 i wasn't really it was an experiment and I was like, okay, I, I know what that's like now. It's okay, but I don't, it doesn't feel right. Something doesn't feel right about it. Uh, so I stopped and then, you know, didn't need the VA anymore. And, uh, okay. So I kind of wanted to just get that out there because I have used a VA, um, and, and been happy with it, but it was for a very, very specific thing that ultimately I was like, this is too many. I don't, I don't like it like this. This is too many little details. It's too Mm-hmm. precious and in fact in i think after 2020 or toward the end of 2020 i was like i'll just do some live streams when i feel like it and <laughs> and so there's no there's no processing there's no upload there's no you know making a thumbnail there's no researching keywords like i just like yeah. well all that stuff i had the va doing i'm just gonna not do it yeah. and and guess what <laughs> my subscriber count still keeps climbing you right. know, it's like because uh, the base uh, work was done, and you added maybe, on top of that. Yeah. maybe, I, maybe, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if if I had just started live streaming out of the gate, if that would have been if that produced the same results. I mean, I'll never know. Yeah, yeah, but you won't. well, I so that part- but I just said I'm going to take out. Sorry, just to finish the thought, I'm going to take out all of the stuff that was in the SOP and just not do it, and just turn on my camera and start talking. <laughs> And then turn off my camera and then we're done. Well, see, I think that's where I'm going, Jonathan. And <laughs> that's if why you I said it's a slippery asked, slope. <laughs> yeah, if you had asked me this a year ago, I would have said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. But, you know, I was thinking about this the other day. And I think part of it is that, you know, I came out of a big consulting firm where we had administrative people. And then I started a, uh, co-founded a consulting firm where we always had an administrator, sometimes two. And so in my head, there was this model, not like a personal assistant, but I mean, you know, an administrator who cares about things like billing and finances and and digital marketing and all those things. And so I think I've been hardwired to want someone like that. Plus, I don't like to do that stuff. But all of a sudden, not having Kathy, who like she would find stuff I didn't even know was wrong and fix it. I mean, I just love that. And so somehow I Uh, That created an expectation in my head that that would happen. But at the same time, I wanted to use that transition. Originally, my thinking was I wanted to use it as a way to get someone who had even more digital experience and Mm -hmm. who was way more comfortable and knew a lot more than I did about the stuff. That's what I thought was really interesting. And so 
I actually went on Upwork, believe it or not, to see if I could find anybody. And everyone I found was very, they came out of corporate. And I just felt like they were not going to get this idea of an entrepreneur because that's what right. I felt with the interim solution. It was somebody who didn't understand the digital platforms or the speed with which I wanted to move. Yeah. And yeah. So anyway, so I, I said, all right, this is not going to be an easy search. So I'm just going to stop. And I'm going to go through, I'm going to do this myself. I, I thought maybe I would do it for a month. And I would do it myself and see what I thought. And it's fascinating going through, I, I, I guess I'd call it task by task, procedure by procedure. Yeah. And I actually found there were some things that I really like to do, which surprised mm-hmm. me. So mm-hmm. I use FreshBooks to invoice clients and I use it as my bookkeeping system. And it's all automated now. Other people have set it all up. You basically hit a button. It pulls in all of your expenses and assigns them based on history. So there's always a few that you have to tag them and say, this is where it goes. And so I, I, I was frustrated because my bookkeeping was behind by a month. And I, I, I always keep it up to date. So I always like having it kept up to date. <laughs> yeah. put it that way. So I went in there and it took me maybe 15 minutes And it was done. I could read my reports. I had an insight to my tax situation for the year, which is what I was looking for. And I kind of went, huh. I'd always done my own reporting anyway. FreshBooks makes it easy. And I thought, this is kind of easy. This is, uh, I'm paying somebody to do this. So um, at the same time, I realized that year end is different. And when I have questions about categorizing, it would be nice to have someone to ask. So I did arrange for a bookkeeper through my CPA, but she wanted a pretty hefty monthly retainer. And I, I said, no, I don't need that. What I need is, you know, a few hours at the end of the year can you price that for me? And she said, yes, this is my hourly rate and this is what I will do. And so I might use her for, I don't know, half a dozen hours, maybe um, at the end of the year. So check, problem solved. Um, When I looked at invoicing, I always found it a little bit frustrating because if I wanted to do like for a new client and want to get an invoice right away, I have to wait till the VA can do it. Mm. And I'm like, I know how to do this. It's like, you know, two shakes of a lamb's tail. Um, So yeah, so I'm doing that. And so then the really the hardest part was when we did our first podcast recording after everybody was gone. Yes. (laughs) So this is a that's I like this story, especially so yeah. So what are the pieces that you just let, you can let the listener know, what are the pieces that you, your side takes care of? Yeah. So my side, we, we insisted from the beginning, I shouldn't say insisted, but I, I just had to have images for every episode. And Jonathan's like, I don't need that, but if you want to take care of it, I'm happy to have them. I said, great, <laughs> I will do that. And so uh, they would create these images for the, the podcast. And when we have guests, we pull images of the guests and put them in there. So there was that. Um, yeah, so each episode had a unique image. Yep. Yeah. I noticed you used past tense, had. <laughs> 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 has, sorry, has. We, yeah, we, we may so be going there. Yeah, so, so we have that. And then um, at the end of our episode, Jonathan takes the, the recording and cuts it. And so then what I do is I write the show notes and I pull out the quotes from a transcript. And then those all get loaded into the host for the podcast. But they also get loaded onto my website, right? It's a, basically a mirror image of what's elsewhere. And then um, I write some tweets that need to get posted after the episode goes live. And what am I leaving out? There's something else. Oh, I know. It was I, I, it gets set up in my convert kit to go out as an email. And I would normally do that. And I would just bold the sections where the URL would go because I didn't create all that. I just I did the show notes, I wrote the tweets, I uploaded it into Simplecast and then I cut and pasted it into ConvertKit and they would do the rest. So the first time that I had to create those images, oh my God. The first thing I said was, all right, I don't think we need images anymore if this is what we have to do to get them. <laughs> and the right. funny thing is, is, is Kathy had actually made it easier than the way she did it. She actually created a way for us to do it in Canva. 
So mm-hmm. it was theoretically simpler than it would have been had I done it the way she did. And um, so after that first week, I literally I wanted to gouge my eyes out. I felt like it. It felt like it took hours to do all of the pieces. And so then the second week, this would be our third, I think. The second mm-hmm. week, um, I decided I would time everything that I did. And so it actually took me ten minutes to do the images. And it only took me that long because I messed something up. If I did it right, it probably would have been five minutes. So I thought, oh, well, that's that's okay. And the show notes take what they always do because I did those. And then what was fascinating is when I looked at all of the other pieces, there was always this thing that had to happen on Monday morning. And as you know, there are lots of holidays on Mondays. And my VA, even on holiday, even when she was away, would do this stuff in on Monday morning. And I never understood why it had to be done on Monday morning because I do the stuff on Tuesday. She does her end usually on Thursdays, but sometime before Monday morning. And uh, so I thought, there's got to be a better way to do this. And so I tried it this last Monday release of the podcast was the first time I tried the procedure from start to finish. I had it all lined up. It was all automated. Once I was done, everything was there and everything happened on schedule. I didn't have to scurry around Monday morning, although I did check to make sure that it worked mm-hmm. because it was the first time I had done it. Um, and I, I did add a procedure a line in my own weekly checklist. I do have a checklist by day to make sure everything gets done. And, um, I did add that to there, but it was all of a sudden there was this freeing experience, Jonathan. Yeah, I know. It was like once I put that thing to bed, I didn't have to check. And, and let me be clear that I really didn't have to check with my longtime VA because she would just make sure I really didn't worry about it once it was done because I knew she would tell me if there was a problem. But now I have it locked up. I don't think about it again. It's literally done. It's different yeah. than knowing it's going to get done. Yeah. It's actually done. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, would I like to have that chunk of time back uh, on Tuesdays? Yeah. I mean, I'd like to not do it, but I love the feeling that it's done and I don't have to worry anymore. Right. Yeah. So so I've been thinking about this a lot lately, especially because you mentioned it, but also someone, someone in, I think in my group coaching asked me... Um, I said something about not having a VA anymore, not outsourcing anymore. But in the same breath, I also said, you know, but it would be silly to do your own books or legal or financial planning or maybe not financial mm-hmm. planning. But, right. You know, but like things that are just not core to your business. It's like it was especially, oh, payroll was the other one. Oh, like, yeah. Outsource that puppy. Yeah. And, and so they were like, well, so see, you you do have not VAs, but like. And I was like, well, what's the, I'm like, no, it feels different. And I was, and I was like, what is the thing that feels different? You know, like, you know, can I, in other words, can I legitimately say I'm a soloist in the purest sense if I have a CPA? Yes. And, uh, right. But do you, what do you, so to me, the difference is with my accountant, I have no meetings, not one, mm-hmm. maybe yeah. in an entire year in, in maybe no, probably not even. I probably haven't been on the phone with her once in three years. Yep. Occasionally, she'll send me an email, but otherwise, she the the you know it's a firm. They just log in, they do everything. Yeah. I, I said it's when invisible. I was getting my, it's totally invisible. It's it's like it. I, I don't like I. I mean, I I couldn't think about it less. There's no possible way for me to think about it less <laughs> than I think about it. And when I mean, this is how detached I am from from my books. Like you were talking about fresh books, and you like to have your numbers up to date. I never look at mine, and and it's like sh- when we got our house refinanced last year, I needed to send. Um, since I'm self employed, you have to jump through all these hoops to prove that you're not broke, mm-hmm. and I had to do something like send a P and L or so. I can't remember what I had to send some kind of yeah. documentation, and uh, I was like. Um, I didn't even have the QuickBooks online login anymore. I was like, I was like, <laughs> yes, you're detached. <laughs> Pat, can you tell me what the the QuickBooks online login is? And she goes, Oh, we haven't used QuickBooks online in like two years. <laughs> <laughs> like they switched off of the platform I was using without even telling me, because I don't, I don't even care. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, can you send me a PL? She's like, Sure. You know, this is all over email. Um, but I, I am now I look at my financials, but I track them separately. I don't care about the, you know, I, I care about them at a bigger picture level. 
that I get out of Stripe. So it's not that I don't think about that stuff at all. I just don't like things like expenses is just purely invisible to me. So that, and to me, anyway, the point is that's different than when I was working with Haley, we had meetings, like we were in touch in Slack on, you know, a, a weekly basis, even if she was just like, Oh, the, the video's up or you're running out of stuff in the, in the, uh, air table or running out of stuff that's scheduled to go out on YouTube. And, you know, you probably need to record some videos. There was like, it was, there was more mental space. There was more, even though someone yes. else was doing the kind of the, the detail work, I still had to think about it. And I still had to, um, there was, there was, I don't know what to call it, but, but it was on my mind. It was a process that was running, even though someone was helping me with it, it was still up in the air. Yes. And now, and, and so, so like after that was over and I was like, ah, I should really do some more stuff on YouTube. I get all these emails that are like, oh, your YouTube videos really helped me. And I say, okay, you know, it, like I should start, get back to do it. And then I was just like that, whoa, God, I don't want to do the thumbnail and I don't want to schedule. I don't even want to like look at the creator studio. Mm-hmm. I don't want to edit it. I don't want, and then I was just like, ding, why don't I just click this camera button right here on YouTube <laughs> and go live and answer questions like in real time. And like, is it as polished? No, of course not. But does that, but the trade-off for me is like, well, if I have to add all the polish and like the, you know, the text overlays on the thumbnail and, and the, the keyword SEO friendly title and, you know, the, all this other stuff, if I have to do all that, I'm just rather not do it. It's too much friction. Mm-hmm. But if I take all of that stuff away and people are willing to just get the, the raw performance and not, not the edited recording and that helps them, you know, if I can get 80% of the way there, I'm all about that. Like eighty percent of the way there with twenty percent of the work. Like oh, I'm, I'm looking for stuff like that all the time. Yeah, I mean, something kind of crossed my brain as you were saying that with the friction. It's what we have to decide for ourselves is how much friction is good to get what we want, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that's how I was looking at going back through all these procedures to say, what does this get me? Does yes. doing, you know, does doing those images for the podcast what does that get me and what so does that get me yeah and so so when i realized it took 10 minutes and then i also realized that if i don't have an image and says nothing to do with with the podcast per se it has to do with how my site will look if i don't have an image because i posted in my blog section i have to do something else there and what would that look like i was like i don't want to think about it if i just do 10 minutes and maybe really five as it, once mm-hmm. I figure out how to do this without having to look at the instructions, um, yeah. I think that's worth it. I think that right. is worth it for me. But I want to look at every single thing. And so, um, you know, I'd gotten a proposal to help with some of my social media. And I, you know, with Seth Godin, I'm proud like Seth Godin. If you see it up there, I've written it. Mm-hmm. Um, I like writing my own stuff. And so I was thinking, well, maybe I would have somebody who would do the posting piece of it for me. Um, but the person that I talked to, who's really great at this stuff, by the way, um, you know, wants to take over the account and create this voice and, and like do all this stuff. And I'm kind of <laughs> like, and there's a price tag with yeah. that. And I yeah. looked at that and went, I'm not feeling it. Yeah. I'm just not feeling it because I can't justify the end. I, I mean, it just doesn't. Yeah, what do I, not, what's, yeah. what's the it, ROI? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think some of it is, and you've probably come to this realization way earlier than I did, Jonathan, but I've just felt like, you know, I really am a soloist. I really am. And so what that means, to go back to your point about can you have a CPA and be a soloist, is that I want to outsource the things that, bring me comfort or bring me to a different level. So I want a great accountant. I have a terrific web designer. So when the book is done, I'm going to update the website. So I have the designer. I have a web person. They're all specialists. And when I don't need them, they're not there. <laughs> you know, they're just yeah. not. And But I know I can rely on them. I know they'll help me. If something bad happens, I know they'll help me. So I, I have this safety net, right, of people. Mm-hmm. And, and I've lost a member of my safety net. 
Um, but the flip side is, as I'm looking through things, I don't know that everything that was getting done needs to get done. Yeah, that's the important piece. There's, I think, I think without any, fr- like, there's a the flip side to friction is traction. So, like, the, you can't have traction without friction. Mm-hmm. You need you need some friction. So it's like, okay, what what are the pieces of this process that are the most like? What's the MVP? Like, if for a software developer, I'm always thinking like what's the mvp what is the minimum viable product and like that's and then i'm done there there it is <laughs> you know if it's useful it doesn't need to be perfect and polished and 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 over time i might improve on whatever the thing is um but having i, I can't stress enough how important it is to have the steps of any of your processes written down because you can just look at it and just like instantly say like wow this is getting really long like my, mm-hmm. my, uh, I've been expanding my group coaching program and I've probably doubled the list of, of tasks, steps on my, you know, every other week I do uh, a, a live session and it's probably grown from 30 steps to 60 or 80 steps because I added a bunch of new things. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that that's too many. So step one though, is to document all the things I want to do, find the, the most efficient way to do them. And then find ways to automate chunks of them mm-hmm. or, or to even pull the members and say like, you know, I don't know, like the private audio feed. Is anybody actually listening to this? Cause if no one is, I'll just stop doing it. Right. But if, if people are like, no, I love that, then that's good to know. And, uh, and I'll like, okay, so then it's worth me spending an hour to figure out how to automate this probably without even using code probably with Zapier and, and Transistor and Dropbox, where, uh, you know, there's, there certainly, a, I know there are a bunch of steps on my to-do list or my, my checklist for that session. There's a bunch of stuff that I'm doing manually that doesn't need to be done. So once I'm sure this is the way I want it, because it's kind of in flux right now, mm-hmm. once I'm sure it's the way I want it, I'll just spend an hour maybe in Zapier and say, okay, when I drop a file into this watched folder in Dropbox, then it's going to upload it to this thing and automatically send out an email to, you know, trigger an email through Drip. And and it's a little bit complicated, but having the the steps first and being sure of like, okay, this these are these are good. I like this. I like the way this is working. Yes. And which pieces are easily automatable, but but you know, it's kind of like you said about the podcast, but like, you know, when I do one of those sessions, I want to be done with it that day. I want, I don't want it to be, I want it to be over. Yes. So, right. So like right now it's, let's see, it went from about an hour and a half every two weeks to probably three hours every two weeks. So it's, it's really significantly. Yeah. That's a big shift. Significant. Right. Um, But I, I I added a bunch of really cool stuff that it's like, wow, that's really, that's way more useful. It's so much more useful that I use it. <laughs> like I created a searchable library of all of these things that previously I would have to Google for, like Google my own site for. It's just like, wait, I think I said that once, but I can't remember where. So I created this like search feature, but now I have to like index a bunch of things so they're searchable. But I, I and I know that I'm right. doing it the hard way right now, but I'll just eventually be like, okay, um, that's something that I'll either plug into like I said, plug into Zapier, like plug some apps that I'm already using and paying for. I'll just plug them into each other um, or find out that it's not that valuable. People don't really care and I'll just stop doing them. But having it all written down and and every two weeks going through it and being like, hmm, do I really need to do this? It's it's a it's yeah, yeah it's it's amazing. It's amazing. I, I would literally not be able I would go insane if I didn't have this checklist. It would take me eight hours every time instead of three. It would oh, t- more than that. Yes, I, I totally agree. And, you know, we've talked about this before. I mean, we both have checklists for all kinds of things. And I have something I call my new checklist because I'm usually updating it every couple of weeks, you know, more now as I, you know, as I've been dealing with, with no VA. But it's having that in front of you. For some people, it just allows you to say, yes, I've done that. Okay, good. Um for me, I need it as a reminder because anything that is routine is boring to me. Mm-hmm. I like the new stuff. I like to work. I'd like to write something. I like to create something. So this kind of stuff where you're just like posting things and sharing it and stuff like that, it's, ugh. I would forget it. I would totally yeah. forget about it. So having that checklist makes 
me not have to dedicate a space of my brain to it. I can go somewhat on autopilot and know that it's that it's done. Yep. The, yeah. That's all true for me too. Exact same stuff you just said. There's an additional one where I will, if I don't have the checklist, I will do things out of order. So like one of the really important things of, mm. of the checklist as I'm refining it and refining it and refining it is that I come up with the best order to do the steps. Yes. So even certain things can be done in parallel. Like, like, um, for example, after the live session, there's like this hour, hour and a half long video that I have to download and it takes a while for Crowdcast to, to finish processing the video. And then it takes like 10 minutes to download it. Uh, so there are other things I can be doing in that time, but there are other things I can't be doing in that time because it requires that I have the video downloaded already. So it allows me to set up almost like a parallel path instead of being like, oh, I'm going to go do this and then get halfway into the Vimeo upload and be like, oh, I don't have the video yet. You know, and it's just this constant feeling of banging into the walls that is removed by having, by really thinking through it like once, you know, like what really yes. is the best order? Like the first time I bang into the wall, I'm like, oh, I need to move this process later in the mm -hmm. thing. I, I even have one thing where I'm like, uh, Actually, there's a, the video, downloading the video blocks so many things that, well, I just had, actually, I just figured it out. <laughs> 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 so down, oh, uh, actually that might not work, but the, the downloading the video, waiting for it to process and downloading it, there's so many steps farther down the line that are blocked by that. Like I can't, I can't process a bunch of other things until I have mm -hmm. the video. Right. That, uh, that render time kills you. Yeah. There, so then I'm you know, just like sitting there and it could easily be 15 minutes. So then I'm like, oh, okay. So what could I use that 15 minutes for that doesn't need to be done yet? And so I can move other things into the process. And maybe it's just like, okay, go go turn the air conditioner back on. Go eat lunch right now. Uh, this is a good time to eat lunch or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever the thing is. And um, it, it, it anyway, the point is the order of operations is maybe not obvious, but uh, it's a huge benefit to have all of the, the, the steps laid out and in order so that you just, it's like falling downhill. It's like, ah, you just like, <laughs> don't have to think. I'm usually burnt out after doing like an hour to, to an hour and a half of like me talking nonstop, asking, answering questions. So I don't want to think about anything. So I kind of enjoy the brainless activity after, but I would like to get it back down to like a half an hour, which is what it used to be. Yeah. Well, and then you close it off, you know, it's done. And then you, it's done. You've posted yeah. for every, everyone. And, and there are people who, you know, I do the same thing. I mean, there are people who are not on the call and sometimes they're actually waiting. Like they can't wait to actually get that recording. So you mm -hmm. want to get it done as quickly and reasonably as you can. And it's off your plate. Yeah. I think there's one other thing which is interesting when we think about outsourcing parts of our business is that there's the human side to this. So, and and it's 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 there's pros and cons to that. Like one of the things I loved about having my VA is I had somebody else who had insight into my business. And if I wanted to think about something like that, I could have a conversation with her. We didn't do meetings per se. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and she was an introvert is an introvert. So was very happy to avoid phone calls and all that stuff. It worked great for us because I didn't want to spend a lot of time on that either. But once in a while, we could do that. And so what it means is, at least for me, as, as I've run different businesses over the years, is I do think about her though, right? Mm -hmm. I, I want to make sure she's happy. I want to make sure that things are going well. If something's going on in her life that's different or unusual or, you know, and she would tell me certain things, but it's you care about them and you worry about them on some level. I don't mean like right. like a mom, but you, mm -hmm. you, you care about them and you have to say, how are you? right? <laughs> How are your kids or your dog or your spouse or whoever? Um, how's your the other business you're working on? So there's that piece of it. And for some people, that is a very heavy load. Right. Some people love it. Yeah, exactly. And, and there's all kinds of places in between. But if you're, I, I believe if you're going to do it, you know, you've got to care about the people that are working with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and, and I'm a jerk cause I'm like, I don't want, <laughs> it's like, it's, I have so many private, like I have that exact same scenario with private students where I really am engaged. Like we talk tons of personal stuff and it's, you know, 10 
private coaching students, I'm at my limit of, of people going through transformations and I, I can't take, it's like between that and my family, like that's, that's it. I have no more emotional energy. So mm-hmm. having like, you know, it's not an employee, but having someone like that, that, I, you know, kind of adding to the pile, it's, um, it's more, there's like uh, friction. I don't know if friction is the right word, but it's yeah. definitely, and what's that word? It's like a, well, it uses um, it uses a piece of your brain. Yeah, and the, right. and the more you That's work with that, yeah, the more you work with that person, like it's probably not the intensity of a coaching client. No, um, but still, yeah, but it's it, there's there is some level of intensity with. It. I mean, here's a simple example: at Christmas time, <laughs> I would I I have to choose a gift. I I do. I just I I for for the people who do the services for me like that. And so then it's like, okay, so what am I going to get them? Mm-hmm. And what is, what is, will they like it? What is this tacky? Is this okay? Like, it's like, the, like, right. that's just a simple example of that. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a great it, example. Yeah. It, it uses a piece of bandwidth. Brain. Right. Bandwidth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So when you're, when you, when you, uh, whatever in your case, like that's that now that you're doing stuff yourself, it's like not all, it's not all like additional load. Like there's some release, like there's some, in certain ways there's like a relief. So if you can, so that's the, that's the wild thing. I think that's the fun thing. I actually love thinking about this. I find it very fun to, to optimize the system. So I kind of don't want to hand it off to someone else. I really like it. Well, yeah, because if you optimize it and then hand it off, but then what happens, I think, I was talking about this with a friend of mine who has a similar business, you hand it off and then it starts growing again because the other person that's doing it says, oh, well, you know, we could do it with this new system. We could do it this way. And what if I took care of this for you and this for you? And it's, it's almost like scope creep, right? It just keeps, yeah, it just kind of keeps going. So yeah, there, there's that too. So there is a there's a flip side to this argument that I do agree with, that we should, I, I want to bring up, which is there there are certain things that sh- air quotes should not my favorite word should be delegated if you're mm-hmm. going to do them. So for me, I have to do you know well I don't have to do my books, but I would really be <laughs> in a bad way if I didn't you do my books. You want to stay out of jail? It's a good idea. Yeah. I, uh, I have demonstrated through my actions in past years that if I don't have payroll automated, I will forget to do it. And if you forget to do payroll, then you don't have enough taxes withheld. And then, you know, the IRS comes knocking. So I, I know that I have to, if I want to maintain other aspects of my life, that those things need to be dialed. Like I cannot not do them and maintain my happiness. So those things I've completely dialed in. My payroll is 100% automated. I don't. I again don't look at it. Barely. If I know the login, it's it would be lucky. It just happens. Um, so I can focus on my crazy ideas. And if you are, so when I see see people that are, for example, doing their own books, I'm like, that seems like Mm-mm. that seems strange because. Not 100%. It seems strange. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it seems strange because is that really your core competency? And what about the opportunity cost of the time you're, you're spending doing that? And maybe it's only five minutes a week. Okay. But it just seems strange to me when people do that because it's so easy to outsource and forget about. But okay, but that's just an example. Maybe it's just me. Well, it also depends um, because I, I generally agree with that because I'm thinking of people who still take big piles of paper to their accountant at the end of the year for taxes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you've got everything automated, you still need a bookkeeper to set everything up. You still are, you know, to set it up so that you get automated. You also have to have somebody, I think have to in quotes, um, have somebody look over what you're doing to make sure it makes sense and mm. you're not going to create a problem for yourself. Right. And, and you've got to have a CPA. I mean, mm-hmm. just, is but you can still you know I press the button so I press the button and I'm willing to press the button um, you know once or twice a month and that's mm-hmm. good anything more than that I don't want to do right right so it's a it's a balance but the point I guess the the point I'm trying to get my work my way around to is that doing lots of busy work can be a place to hide and not do more important work yes. that you're like oh well you know you say to yourself well my books have to be done it's like yeah but not by you. 
you know, may, or maybe it's not books. Maybe it's something else. Maybe it's website. Oh my God. I see that so often. I right. got to do my website. I got to well, learn WordPress. Yeah. So like maybe, but maybe not. So <laughs> I, not. you know, it's probably not. Yeah, probably not. So, so my, my sort of ethos, I guess, isn't to do everything myself. It's to say like, well, what really needs to be done and, mm-hmm. and just cut like, I mean, there's so many things I don't do that are considered normal. Like they're just considered like, oh, you have to do that. Like, like this is going to drive some people crazy. I almost don't want to say it, but I'll say it. Like I don't put any meta tags in the audio files for any of my podcasts and the software developers <gasps> and the sort of technical geek, you probably don't even know what I'm talking about, but there are people <laughs> in the audience That'll be horrified to hear that. And I have had people complain about it very rarely, but occasionally like, oh, when I listen to you in the car, it says like track unknown. I'm like, well, you, but you knew who you were listening to, right? Like, <laughs> like why do I need to put, you know, like, what's the trade-off? Do I need to retype the title and author and blah, blah, blah on all the, you know, and I know there's a listener out there who's currently fired up their email to tell me there's a way to automate this and whatever. Thank you. If you want to send that email, fine. But it's just one of those things that, that if you, if you like take any podcasting course, they're going to say, oh, and then once you have the recording, then you put in the, the meta tags and you do it like this and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, well, why? And I know the answer why, but what does it get me? Like, what's the ROI on that step? So I cut the step, you know? So like it was a step in my process for, for upload, you know, before uploading the audio, but I was like, does this really need to be done? Is there an easy way to automate it? in audacity which is the tool i use and it's like i didn't find one maybe there is one and some smart person will tell me that but um but there it wasn't not i was like yeah no trade-off no yeah. same thing with uh with my other podcasts it's like i have one graphic for the whole show and that's that's the graphic on each episode and i just live with that like do mm-hmm. i believe there's value in having individual episode artwork uh yeah sure but is it valuable enough for me to do it myself and for me, that decision is no. Uh, for you, it makes sense. The decision would be yes, because you have a much more visual website. Yeah. It's, is it worth five to 10 minutes of your life energy? That's really, mm-hmm. we're asking that of everything that we're talking about here. Exactly. Is this worth five minutes of my life? Yeah. Not, not my time, my life. Your life. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's, that's the thing. And yeah, I, th- I think you make a really good point. It, it's, this is about, I mean, the episode is called Eliminating Friction, and maybe it's reducing friction instead Mm -hmm. of eliminating it, but it's reducing friction. But the other part of it, I think, is really spending your time doing the things that are within your, your genius zone, spending as much of your time doing that as you possibly can, and protecting that headspace. So for some people, protecting that headspace could mean that, you know, I'm, I'm now doing this podcast automation thing that probably takes me about a half an hour now a week that I didn't used to spend, but I don't think about it again. So for me, that trade-off, at least for now, is worth it. I don't know if that'll be worth it forever, but for Mm -hmm. right now, it's worth it because I don't want to deal with trying to teach somebody all of this stuff. I mean, you know, finding the right person will be a challenge. Yeah. And think, and and there's another related, but to even make the point more people we've talked to in the past about uh, about outsourcing some of the podcast duties to they need you to have like two or three weeks recorded in advance yeah which for various reasons is like not that attractive so i don't mind having one in the can but if we have like five i'm like i can't even remember what we talked about you know like when the episode comes out i'm like oh yeah i guess i should listen to this so i can remember what we said it's like i'm a big fan of I just don't like have all that having all that stuff hanging in limbo or like I mean I guess it's just a personality thing with me I don't like I, I hate scheduling emails I don't like I like to to create and publish so for me and maybe this is a tip I actually wanted to to touch on earlier one of one of the you know if you want to hack for at least re- reducing friction for a lot of this content creation stuff is become think of yourself more like a performer than a recording artist like a musical like a performance artist versus a recording artist live performance like a live performance right so like so that that's that has always served me really really well so like if you i think i think it was miles davis 
I think they recorded the kind of blue album in like two days. It might have been. It might not. Have, it might have been Pat Metheny. I, it, but it's they're just like great. So like, it just be great. Like practice getting better at the performance aspect, and you'll. It just it reduces loads of friction if you can just nail it, or at least do it well enough. Like nothing's perfect. Well, yeah, if, you have to give up perfection, but you're getting it out, and it's it's getting you know heard, seen, read. And here's the thing: if you if you produce your content in that fashion you just automatically get better at doing it that way and the friction goes way down so for example we were talking before the show if you go back and listen to like much earlier episodes of this (laughs) podcast it's gotten a lot smoother like the sound's gotten better everything's gotten better thank god (laughs) (laughs) those early episodes right but we don't do tons of takes we barely do any editing if any you know other than trimming the end in the in the beginning and it is just like get better at you know or doing like um my daily email feels like a live activity to me because i can't undo it so like once i send it it's sent there's no going back and futzing with it or editing it it's just it's too late and since i do it so frequently it feels much closer to a performance live performance activity than a recorded polished artifact same thing with the youtube live streams you get better, and this is the same from from when I was, you know, in a band, or even even especially when I was like a solo singer songwriter, where it's just you up there. You're like practically a stand up comedian. There's nowhere to hide, and you would you would get good at. You would learn how to to sense when you were going into a a, a rabbit hole or a tangent or a dead end, or if you made a mistake, you had sort of tricks to make it seem like it wasn't a mistake or to get yourself out of it or little turns of phrase to make a joke or, you know, like, Oh, I forgot the question, you know, like, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. situations like that. So when you, when you, um, I mean, for the purposes of this episode, it's all about reducing the friction of creating this stuff because you're probably creating some kind of content. It just reduces the friction because you can you don't have to do ten takes, air quotes. You don't have to do it a hundred times and then edit it forever. Yeah. So like another example. So with with TPS, I had to record when I first did the pricing seminar. I recorded like it was something like sixty videos and they were like five or ten minutes long each. And the first few videos were absolute torture, like four or six hours for me to record a 10-minute video. I remember that. We talked torture. about that before the show. Torture. And and what I ended up realizing was that it was taking me longer to record like a, like a, a chunky mess of a thing and, and then edit it into something that seemed coherent. Like the editing would take forever. And, event, and I was like, why is, I know this stuff. Like, what is the problem here? And so eventually I was like, I just need to do these in one take, like no edits. So I would just say like, okay, um, if I did a pass and it was garbage, instead of spending the next four hours trying to turn it into something watchable, I would just redo it. And I would just keep redoing it until I nailed it in one take. And then guess what happened? After a few of those, it started only taking me four takes. And then it only started taking me two takes. And then it only started taking me one take. And then I could blast through the rest of the videos with extremely minor edits. You, and, it, and, it, and they come out better. <laughs> it's funny because I did the same thing, but for a different reason, which is that I had to pay an editor. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't want to pay him to like fix this 20 places. I want to do this in one. And some of them were longer pieces. So there was a little bit of splicing. That was when I had two cats in the background, too, who would <laughs> sometimes choose, choose to chime in. But... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So will you, will you nail it the first time? No, but but learning how, just to use this example, learning how to cut together a mess of video is almost surely not part of your core competency or something you ever, it's some, not some service you're selling, right? You, like, right. And I doubt many people listening to this are video editors, like professional video editors. But you are probably going to be speaking and you are probably going to be writing in some form or another. So if you can just get better at, at doing it in one take, let's do it live, you know, do it in one take, then it reduces a massive amount of friction from like the editing process or any kind of editorial process that you have. Mm-hmm. True. Cool. Yeah. 
So that's fun. <laughs> I, I'm sold. I'm going to keep eliminating friction. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what else I come up with. Yeah, we'll have to keep tabs on that. And I'll, I'll give you an update on the, the group coaching thing because it's really ballooned into uh, a fair amount of work. Yeah, that would be fun it sounds to like off. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, reduce. I mean, well, maybe you could, yeah. or both. Exactly. Right. Because I, I know I won't hand it off. I don't want to hand it off because that creates a different kind of mental bandwidth um, usage. So I'm, I'll be once it's kind of settled down into like, OK, this is the process because it still feels like it's very in flux. Every time I do it, I tweak it, I tweak it, I tweak it. And I don't want to have to tweak like some programming. Mm-hmm. So I'd rather get the process down and be like, OK, this is a good way to do it. And then, um, yeah. And then just automate pieces or say like, hey. Is anybody yep. actually listening to this? Is anybody watch this? And if people say yes, I'm like, all right, so let me figure out how to make this automatic and then be just be done with it when it's over and not mm-hmm. waiting. Yep. Yeah, because that's the thing. I think we tend to add things to our to-do lists because we think, oh, yeah, we should do this. We should do video. We should do audio. We should do yeah. this. And then nobody ever goes back to say, is this a good use of time? And when you're, <laughs> right. and when, when you're delegating to somebody else – whose livelihood you're helping to support, they're probably not going to come back to you and say... They're not going to trim it. Yeah, maybe you need to think about this differently. I mean, they might, they might, but not necessarily. Right. Well, so this is, this is I guess that's kind of, um, it's kind of like a, like a natural law in a sense, is that the unless you prune it, whatever the process is, it's just going to get unruly. It's just going to keep growing, pro- probably going to keep growing. Because Something like, about oh, it expands be... to the time available. There, There is actually mm-hmm. a, a law like that, right? Yes. Yeah, the fish goes to the size of the bowl. So every once in a while, it is, you know, it's it's automatic if you're doing some of these things yourself. It's automatic to say like, okay, can I remove any of these stuff? Let's prune this rose bush. Like, should I, mm-hmm. should I be doing all of this stuff? Is there any reason to? It seemed like a good idea, but did it turn out to be a good idea? Do I really need those ID3 tags in there? you know, maybe, you know, so anyway, I think it's good to, uh, to periodic, at least periodically go through these things and and decide what's really producing results because you could spend that time or money. If you're outsourcing it, you could spend that time or money in in other ways that would probably be more beneficial. Exactly. Cool. All right. Well, stay tuned. We'll see if, see if you remain VA less. <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably not for that long, but yeah. uh, it may look a little different than it used to. <laughs> yeah, you'll know if Rochelle is flipped if the podcast art <laughs> switches to generic. Yeah, if it disappears, you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Well, all right, folks, that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Rochelle Moulton. And we hope you join us again next time for the Business of Authority. Bye. Bye-bye.